Welcome, QFers. We have another uh, mini episode where we, that's Sam and I, say hi, Sam. Hi, guys. Uh, we do the reading of the mail in terms of uh, on Podbean and on YouTube and even on Twitter, but there's not so many comments on Twitter, but also on our Facebook page. And it's been so long since we've done this, so we thought we'd get one of these out. It's owing to the fact that we don't have any content this week because we gave you two episodes last week. Yeah, but I still missed uh, the QFs. Any any little QF in my Sunday, it just felt empty. So Fillmore's like, you want to do a mailbag? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. We have we have little time to do it. So one of the ones I'm going to read back was from Raven's triumphant uh, return to the fold doing the uh, uh, breakdown, which was the Raven, me, and RV, and Svi, episode 37. And Kevin McCauley wrote in and said, <coughs> excuse me, holy shit, I forgot all about Gay Stoke. Was that on WNBC? <laughs> Out of Stern was the first bit I hit, I heard by him on NBC. I was in the car with my dad and I was laughing to myself and they were doing gay bonanza. My dad looked at me and said, you find this shit funny? He always thought Howard was an asshole. I guess he was right. (laughs) (laughs) Good for his dad. And it is funny that his character, one of his characters he did was out of the closet stirred. Now looking back on that, isn't that interesting? (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, (coughs) excuse me. Yeah. It's, it's, um, when you read up on it, when you realize how many gay things he was trying to do, for a lot of it was ripoffs, uh, because especially the Steve Dahl calling in at the gay theater, the Bijou, calling in the Bijou, and um, I mean, crying out loud, having a peop- having someone get naked on the radio, I believe, was uh, Scott Muni. I don't know. Um, I just think that the gay, the him being gay bit to me was never funny. I never found the homo room exciting or funny. Like I was just like, okay, I, I just felt like, well, now looking back, it seems like that was just his time to, you know, have his freak flag fly. Like that seems like himself. I think that's exactly what it was. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, anyway, so why don't you read one, Sam? Okay, so this one was from one of our 15 Foundation episodes, and it's Patrick J., who's a great commenter and listener, and he says, Robin's 15 Foundation is as bad as when Kathy Lee's clothing line got exposed for being made into a sweatshop. Left my ass off. They both acted the same way when they were called out. I kind of remember Kathy Lee having an apology but only because she was forced to do it. And then she oh, yeah. kind of like fake cried about it because yeah. of the yeah. sweatshops. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because, oh, I do. Uh, oh, you mean, oh, you mean those are children? Oh, OK. Hold on. And then you see someone with an eye, <laughs> that, like an eye uh, droplet, you know, whatever dabbing tears yeah. on her. OK, cry <laughs> in five, four, go. <laughs> so let's see what we got here. Wait, I just want to say to Robbins is. Probably just as bad, but at least she wasn't like, you know, exploiting sweatshop kids. She was just exploiting kids for her own, you know, narcissism. Like, look at me because of these kids. Fuck me. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Dr. Penguin. This one's uh, another. I did two fifteen foundation ones. Uh, please keep coming up with new aliases for Brendan Murphy. They crack me up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, we didn't have too many. Oh, no. he's What he's doing was... He, yeah, I, I was reciting, I've got to credit Benjamin, 
he wrote on his Photoshop that we were commenting on within the, the video thing. And I was just reading them aloud. So that was all Benjamin. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, you could come up with a million of them. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry, guys. I'm still nursing a cough a few weeks now. No, I don't have the COVID. And either way, you're not going to get it by listening. Um, <laughs> so this, this one here is from our um, NPD4. It's all about him, episode 38. NYC Hardcore writes, I've been very resistant to this channel, podcast, whatever. I've been a diehard fan for as long as I can remember. I've posted really negative replies on here in the past, but I think I've been in denial about what's happened to the show and the reality of who Howard Stern really It's like letting go to, of, to a drug that always felt so good, then you realize it's actually horrible for you. You dabble and dabble until you have to deal with it realistically. Hi, my name is Ken and I fucking hate Howard Stern. <laughs> That is such a brilliant comment. And it so perfectly personifies exactly what we all went through. I I really, truly believe that even if you don't do drugs, you can kind of anything in your life that you've done that's not good for you. And you kind of realize it after a while. You're like, shit, why did I like shows you've hung on to or anything? Friends in your life. You're like, Jesus, actually, you suck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Time to let go. I think so. Um got any another one yeah this one was from the sally episode mm. and it's andre b he says still amused by how easily linda ronstan exposed robin's hypocrisy and low intellect on he said carson but he meant leno robin mm. was so outclassed no wonder she subsequently spent all that time on boating equestrian activities and learning about fine it's almost as if she wanted to signal to the world, hey, I might be on, I might work on a vulgar and mean-spirited show, but other than my work, I'm really a cultivated person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it is funny. Like her hobbies are such snobbish bullshit. And like Howard, she never sticks with them for long. The oh. wine thing, didn't they do it where they had her wine taste and she couldn't pick out an eight dollar one for an eight hundred dollar? <laughs> <laughs> That was that was my favorite one of my favorite episodes when they busted her balls for that. She deserved it, but he deserved it too. I mean, and the fact that she ordered three bottles and oh just like literally she ordered ten and brought a case back home. Um, so this one was from the Jump the Shark. We got a lot of great Jump the Shark uh, comments, and that one I would get the reaction it did because number one we hadn't we hadn't done one at that point, but also because it everybody has such a a, a different opinion. Um, on where they stand in terms of when the show kind of lost the plot. So this is one of our recent quote, quotes from a, a guy called Stan Malone. Me, in the early days, I used to think he was hypocritical because he would have guests in, and after they left, he and the crew would make fun of them. I also didn't like that he always said people were ripping him off when he was doing the same thing, like Winfred's money, which I'm certain was rigged, being identical to Win Ben Stein's money. But my jump the shark moment was one Halloween where he had some guy in who supposedly taxidermed, taxidermed, I don't know how you, stuffed his Ta daughter. Taxidermed. <laughs> taxidermed, yeah, I don't know how it's, how it's supposed to be spelled uh, and pronounced. That makes so, you not a serial killer. <laughs> no, that's right. And it was so clear, he, he supposedly stuffed his daughter and it was so clearly faked. Howard was trying to sell it as real and I thought, how stupid does he think we are? 
Um, I lost touch with him when he went to satellite and really didn't miss him much, but I resumed listening when I bought a car with Sirius. He's still my default when I turn on the radio, but more often, more often than not, I tune away to something else because it's the same bit I've heard a million times, like him ripping off Phil Hendry by doing his parents, a fake staff fight, a guest I'm not interested in, an embedded commercial disguised as conversation (laughs) or a a fake caller setting up the next bit or praising the show. Speaking of praising the show, you guys do a great job, well-researched and very professional especially compared to some others out there thanks so thank you for oh this. wow professional that's mm. a first for me <laughs> <Just Yeah>. <laughs> exactly <laughs> um i uh i do like how he said commercials embedded as conversation because this week they did he had a caller who did not sound like she was in her car who said mm. i can't figure out how to get my peloton bike the the pedals i can't figure out how to get my feet out of them and he gave a <laughs> tutorial how to get how to get your feet out of the peloton pedals and yeah. he goes he's what you got to do he goes i should start a tutorial youtube channel on how to and, and i'll demonstrate i go oh please do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah could you imagine yeah. his leg flying across the room <laughs> <laughs> it would be like um I'm trying to think. It would be almost like he does really have that Beetlejuice kind of appearance to his. No, I don't. I don't mean Beetlejuice the midget. I'm talking Michael Keaton character in the movie. Yeah, like, he does. Uh, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> no. you, you could take off a limb and then attach it later back again. So like Lego. Um, hold on. Yeah, so oh, Todd. On and on about it. it well, Todd, just... Man, Todd Menard has something to say, um, and there's a couple of them here. Boston Axe, this is on the, um, hold on, let's see if I can jump the shark as well. Todd Menard, Boston Accent, Sam thinks of Long Island Ice Teas and Pat Benatar. You're a Bills fan, no? I'm a Dolphins <laughs> fan. When I think of that accent, I think of eating Tom Brady shit sandwiches for the past 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Got to throw a football one in there. That was um, good. Oh, this is another mm. one from the same one. I'll read it really quick. Okay. Uh, Mike 24 met. Y'all should compare Howard and, and Andy Warhol. If you look at them, they have a lot in common. Besides the wigs, <laughs> Andy surrounded himself with tragic people, just used them and loosed them, loosed, used them and loosed them on the public, like whack pack, um, the whack pack in Howard's case and Warhol factory celebrities. Uh, I guess he's thinking like Valerie Solanus or somebody like that, but, but it's, 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 there is a comparison. And then Sam responded, I love watching biographies on Warhol, truly a collection of fucked upness. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There was that whole, uh, was the one heiress girl that was, uh, they made a whole movie about her, uh, fuck, it's going to drive me crazy now. Um, and a documentary she was a heiress and she like gave him a lot of money but she just he kind of just discarded her like after a while and she tried ah fuck it's gonna drive me crazy i'll I'll figure it out by the end of this um okay so this one i did i picked a comment uh it was from raven's episode with simona dinnerstein okay um and just blaze said robin sounded genuinely hurt I think Robin has finally gotten to a point where she is sick and tired of baiting and slandering people every day she's on air. Howard, on the other hand, is a sick weirdo who feeds off the pain of others. Hate to say it, but I appreciate Robin for calling Wiggy's uh, Wiggy Mama to the carpet. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think it's like, 
I know how that was supposed to read that, but I just kind of got a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wiggy mom. Okay, no, we're not we're not going to be complete without uh, at least one uh, Natalie Panaro stack uh, mention. So this oh, was yeah. as you uh, this one won't be. I'm not going to. It's it's not an ex. This is completely unexpurgated, guys. So give me uh, give me a moment. Oh my god! And this was uh, the uh, Machine Gun Kelly uh, episode. Ugh. Yeah, it's just like PTSD. <laughs> Oh my God, that was insane. And I'm so embarrassed for Wig. He totally did sound like he was having phone sex when he was talking so low. <laughs> Fillmore, you have me dying when you said drink every time there was a long pause from Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> when, when, there was, when there was that really long pause, I thought my phone shut off. <laughs> then you said drink, <laughs> laughing my ass off. <laughs> was that not projection when Wig said, these guys want to beat you up because you have a big dick and they want you? Believe me. <laughs> yes, I sure do. <laughs> Yes, I sure do. Ouch. <laughs> Hearing an old 67-year-old man saying to this 18-year-old in a 30-year-old's body, he wants to go beat people up with him was just insane. <laughs> Can you picture Ed Bradley or Charlie Rose saying something like that? <laughs> it's so true. And they were even younger. I mean, could you picture Larry, Larry King going, <laughs> next time you're in town, Machine Gun, I'm going to have to play beer pong with you and beat some fucking people up. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to Photoshop Larry King with the baseball bat. <laughs> like like in the Warriors or something. Okay. He is so full of it when he says he wants to get Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly together. Sam is so right about how you connect with your three kids who missed your wedding or your new granddaughter that you refuse to mention. Or how about Artie, Jackie, Billy? He could care less. I cannot bring myself to hear the entire two-hour interview that's up. It's time to retire, buddy. Lastly, <laughs> why does he say... He he, why does he love to say to some guest, your childhood was horrible? Like, thanks for making me feel better, asshole. <laughs> I remember he had the late Scott Weiland on from Stone Temple Pilots, and I was cringing as Wiggy was grilling him about being abused by some older boy. And Scott looked so sad, and Wiggy's like, what a horrible life. Your life is a mess. I remember. <laughs> Hit me so wrong. His <laughs> Sorry, guys. <coughs> it's making me cough more. Wait, hold on a second. Yeah. It is true. Like, Howard acted like when he was talking about Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem co coming together, like like he's bringing together, you know, like some. It's like some Gene, Dean, and, Dean and Jerry on the telephone. <laughs> like, he was holding some, you know, big uh, UN peace conference or something. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, some G. <laughs> Let me bring Israel and Palestine together. Okay, hold on. It's, she says, um, he is a horrid interview. The guy bared his soul about sexual molestation. He's all like, wow, your life is awful and sucks. He is a horrid interviewer. Is Robin told not to speak much anymore because she used to be a big part of the guest interviews? It tells me if he does wind up getting some idiot company an interview show or net on Netflix like Dave or if SiriusXM gives him once a week interview, he's preparing to do it without Robin because why else is he marginalizing her so much? Not like I want to hear Robin chime in, but it's odd how she barely talks during his guest time. I know Harry Potter, and I still don't get what Machine Gun Kelly meant when Howard asked him some random. And he says, I like to watch Harry Potter in the winter. We just says, I understand. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> that was so weird. It's almost done. Hold on. Obviously, Stern does know his music, and that Eminem feud is like eight years old. I think MJ Machine Gun Kelly is a twink. Why would Megan Fox want to be his beard? <laughs> I think she is more famous than he is. Maybe she just wanted out of that marriage with bag. 
I love that acronym. Me too, uh, Brian Austin Green. She filed divorce on him a couple times and withdrew each time because he got her pregnant again. Then again, she hasn't worked much since the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles five years ago. Publicity-wise, this seems to be mutually beneficial because they've been all over the media since getting together. Wonderful job, guys. I love the chemistry between you two and Raven. My marker for how good you guys are is almost three hours goes by in a flash. When the interview was ending, I honestly thought I skipped 45 minutes. I didn't. You guys rock. Thank you, Natalie. We love you. Uh, Natalie, that was fucking hilarious. Uh, that was so fucking funny. Uh, that was such a painful interview. He tried so hard. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, this is just like a random funny one from the 15 Foundation by Michael Igo. He said, Phantom back pain. LOL. Pretty good step back jab by Rob. <laughs> <laughs> He's on my Patreon. He's a nice guy. Um, that was funny. That, that exchange, they were going back and forth. And she just said, she just randomly yelled, Phantom back pain. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like out of nowhere. I was like, yes. The, Go Robin. Uh, Let's see if I can find. Okay, this one is from the um, uh, "Dance the Night Away" episode, and uh, <laughs> okay, uh, Andre Andre B. He says, uh, uh, "Glad you guys included Joy's call. I believe she was a genuine caller. I don't believe Howard would have a fake caller." explicitly call him out for being a phony too close to home. I think it was beautiful to hear an actual listener call bullshit on Howard's therapy shtick, a rare brief moment of realness suppressed swiftly by the greatest interviewer in the business. Yeah, I agree. And that's well, we would have included it no matter what, because it was negative and that's kind of our mandate, but still it was uh, necessary for that specific show. Uh, go ahead, Sam. Um, okay. So this one was from the one with you and Carrie. Um, when you did the Wiggy's will, and Upson Pratt said, I think Ralph will get a little something when Wiggy dies. In addition, Ralph is the is a part of Wig's 112 company. So he gets health insurance and 401k, maybe a pension. What are the chances that Wiggy leaves his sister anything? Nothing. I I think nothing. I think absolutely nothing. What sister? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he That's left her out true. of Why wouldn't he leave her out of a fucking will? I think that stuck right in his craw. He, that the parents were going to leave their, uh, whatever they have to her, because obviously Howard's so financially well off, that fucking pissed him off to no end. And now you notice every time somebody's parent dies, he talks about how messed up you must be because if they left you anything and what did they leave you? I mean, that Anderson Cooper interview was entire projection on Wiggy and his parents not putting him in the will fairly it's to, yeah. to his mind. Exactly. Uh, this one is from the, um, our reading of the things.com article, uh, the 650 million, the, the way he keeps his oh, fortune. Oh. <laughs> okay. Sam's This is from clarify the third Sam's philosophy on photography quote. I don't know anything about it, but I know what looks like shit or not. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> <laughs> just think of all that blurred nonsense go- Todd Menard again he quoted this is as organic as McDonald's <laughs> 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 okay and the, the um, sorry uh, the spitting venom the honest hysteria as you read his bullshit resume is a thing of beauty mainly because we are reveling in it too and it's 110% reser- deserved yeah I agree 
Um, <laughs> Damon Giles wrote down, good point. Why pay for an actual stylus when you can pay a parking lot attendant in ketamine <laughs> and toy figurines? <laughs> <laughs> and toy figurines that is so good go ahead uh, Damon Giles says I could this is the NPD one with Bob I could see myself following Bob as a guru for exposing Howard's endless gurus I'm so torn mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny though like Howard really just any way the wind blows any grift can come into his life and just completely take it over yeah 100% yeah, it's an unbelievable. Hold on, I'm going to read one from the um, more recent, uh, sorry, episode two of the 15 Foundation. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, <clears throat> Niall M., who I believe might be another um, Irish or Northern Irish uh, poster. I'm not sure, but the, nail, the, the name Niall is definitely Irish. Sam, <clears throat> when they talk about charity and they make it sound so uncharitable, spot on. I've been a Howard fan since the early 90s. He lost me for good during the bro fight and then really for good when Artie left. I just recently came across these podcasts. I love you guys for calling him out on everything I've been calling out on him out for. All, sorry, everything I've been calling him out on for years even when i was a fan i side-eyed him for always asking male celebrities the size of their penis i always questioned his sexuality it's good to see you guys expose his complete descent into an unrelatable narc weirdo keep it up you have a new fan thanks well thank you niall we appreciate it yeah thanks and i love how weirdo becomes it's now you know people call him a weirdo he is yeah it's true i find that like in a lot of the comments our listeners do say that mm-hmm. um Okay, in the things.com review, Jay Horvath, 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 yeah, okay. Horvath, Horvath, yeah, he's funny. Um, Stern doing drugs reminds me of the scene in The Office when they talked about Michael Scott doing drugs. Nobody ever offered them to him. (laughs) (laughs) Howard, definitely. Just, he has made up, when he was talking about his drug use with Machine Gun Kelly, who seems like a total loose cannon, like a total loose cannon, you know? He'll do drugs whenever. Howard would never be a drug taker like that. And so when he was trying to relate to him, it did sound just like Michael Scott. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, in the, uh, this last, this one of the more recent ones here is the, uh, f- for the first part of the Sally versus Robin versus Sally. And this is from Superman. Robin's answer to the first asked question will possibly be an answer, but only in the era of Trumpism. LOL. Howard is just, is totally a racist at heart. He loved playing clips of others who use the N word just so Howard could blow up the word over and over and over. Howard's excuse for just saying the word would be, it wasn't me. It was the other guy in the clip. I was just telling you about it. Just like I miss nappy headed hose clip. Well, I mean, I, I think there, there are people, this, this, these two episodes were a little polarizing in some respects because there's some people that believe He's not a racist. They think he's using, he used racist humor to just get shock value. I think it's both. He was racist and he used racial material to get stuff. And it's only coming out <laughs> to the forefront. <laughs> was it, was it you? I think it was definitely you who pointed out when he played, she did the 15 foundation part when, um, she goes, well, this is going to be helping impoverished and undereducated <laughs> in Ethiopia. And he just goes, ew. <laughs> he goes, ugh. And you said, who's, who, who lives in Ethiopia? Well, black people. So yeah. <laughs> impoverished brown and black people. Ugh, that's nice. <laughs> okay. So hold on. This is another one from Thomas DC in the same episode. 
he just timestamped the whole thing, which is one thing I, I wish we would do. I, we might have to do it in the future just to get people to certain parts that we, that we think you might enjoy. But it's better to let people do it who, who enjoy it. 4845, Mona Lisa. 5022, a resounding endorsement. 11033, hey lady, we're drawing attention to racism by being racist. 11232, my meter is broken. <laughs> One fifteen fifteen. Robin's lone supporter thinks the Holocaust is funny. One eyes be not a racist, y'all. One thirty three forty five. Robin finally fits in with a group of people. One forty two fifteen. Oh, you're not a racist. Time for commercials. One forty five twenty. I don't have to yell at people to prove it. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I read. I read that comment. I was dying. I was dying. Plus, I was like Mona Lisa. So then, when I went and I went to the timestamp, I fucking I, I was barreled over. It's so perfect. Her face and throughout that whole episode, it's just precious. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. So go ahead. Have you got another one? No, I don't. Okay, one last one. One last one here. Uh, it's from Darima Two, who I believe is from Montreal, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Good show. The fact that you found this gem after all this time is uh, the again, the Robin versus Sally. Uh, when I first started listening to older clips of the show five years ago, five years ago, wow, wow. That's, I mean, that makes Kayla look like a a veteran. <laughs> I know. I thought that Robin didn't seem to be that proud, proud to be black, and everything she did was an attempt to reject, eject, excuse me, attempt to reject her blackness. Not only does she double down when Howard is making fun of a black person and laughs extra hard, but she really doesn't seem to do anything publicly to help or support black people or issues in a positive light using her platform. Even if it is a comedy show, one could still do that. And I got to point out one thing. Um, when, when it came time to record Live Aid, or to, to do Live Aid, actually, the show, uh, Bob Geldof and Bill Graham, who promoted the Philly and London segments, because there's two concerts, you know, uh, joined by satellite, they pointed out they could not get any of the major black artists to perform. Stevie Wonder didn't perform. Michael Jackson didn't perform. Prince didn't perform. Um, Diana Ross believe she performed. They did get some like lesser, I wouldn't say lesser known, but um, not as popular at that point, people like um, two of the original Temptations performed with uh, Hall and Oates, for example, and I think Patti LaBelle, but they're not massive, massive at that point. And he, they said when it came, uh, it was Jesse Jackson at the time, explained that when it came to s- social issues and not just mouthing the rhetoric, most black celebrities, black a- actors, they could, they could not get them to actually put their money where their mouth is and actually do you know, they'll mouth the rhetoric, but that's it. And I don't know that that's true anymore, but at the time it was. And Robin's case, um, again, her charities always seemed about making it about herself. Yeah, it, it, truthfully, uh, all of that. I mean, has there been any resounding success from her any of that charity work she was doing? Essentially, she was a middleman. So right. whatever was donated was going through her foundation where she would pillage whatever she wanted and then chose the amount she was going to donate. How is that charity? <laughs> Why would you include in your own book, which is supposed to be the story of your life, a, a, a tale, a chapter about you getting a little sister, being a big sister to uh, a girl that was in a, you know, single parent home and having trouble and then explain (laughs) proudly how you ditched her (sighs) before the year was up and went to a health spa because you were mired in guilt. 
<laughs> it wasn't working out for me. We had we had we, to move. I had to move on. <laughs> what? Like, how could you not think this made you look like a complete asshole? So anyway, like, let's get yeah. Let's continue here. Uh, multiple people had to ask be asked multiple times. Sorry, multiple people had to ask multiple times to be allowed to speak. It's insane. She's such a raging narcissist. I would say worse than even Howard. I don't know if you'd go with this, Sam, but she's definitely up there. She's <clears throat> up there. I think her narcissism, like Bob D pointed out, is just a different form of it. He's more covert. She's more overt. So at times, her um, she could seem more obnoxious about it. But I think when it comes to actual detrimental harm to others, he's the more harmful one. Mm -hmm. The second someone starts to make a point, she has to interrupt and shout over them because the goal isn't to understand, it's to win. She even does it to Howard a lot. Also, whenever <laughs> she's always smiling or laughing, that whenever the, her always smiling, laughing, you see the typical narcissistic rage face, which is very scary in person, the beady eyes, the flared nostrils, the snarl. It's not just an angry face. It's the enraged face that comes out when their ego monster does. Eckhart Tolle talks about the ego monster. The bigger it is, the more easily triggered and defensive it is. And it feeds itself by fighting with people like this, which is why she seems to be buoyed by all these interactions, which is not a normal re reaction. But when you've got so many people against you, uh, God, now I'm triggered, <laughs> but still looking forward to part two. <laughs> <laughs> I read that comment and I think it's it's true like when Robin smiles it looks pained and angry I when most people smile it loosens their face you know it makes them look warm and kind and inviting when Robin smiles it's like a big like caution caution don't go near I I fucking hate my smile I hate yeah, I never show my teeth in a smile. Um, if I show my teeth, it's because I'm laughing. But I and I, I have good teeth. I just hate the way I look when I smile. <laughs> <laughs> does, it seem, does it seem odd? <laughs> like when you you know when you you force the teeth out and it looks like you look like the Joker. Like Beth. Yeah, I don't Beth, like forced Beth, smiles. Beth Beth smile. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. That looks like work. That looks it like there's really... a team of guys on scaffolding pumping things to get things to, you know. Her smile, sometimes it's so bad. It, it like looks like a, it could give someone a seizure. Like it should come with a warning. <laughs> Fantastic. Anyway, so um, as we get closer to, uh, this is, okay. There's, is th this week is off, or the Stern Show is off, right? Yeah, it's Thanksgiving. Oh, and by the way. Uh, he's off this week, but his, uh, the new Jennifer CEO of X, yeah. uh, Sirius XM posted a video and yeah. the interviewer asked her what's going on with him because he went to break before Thanksgiving with, uh, the, the journey song ending like the Sopranos. And he goes, so we're going to be, and then his mic cut off. So right. nobody knows if he's coming back. Nobody gives a shit, but yeah, really. It sounds to me like he's going to get another contract from what yeah, I gather. We figured he, he, he's either not going to get re-signed or he's going to get re-signed with very little um, money. So, and we won't ever know the money because they won't disclose it. But the, if you, if you see less staff, that's the clue that they gave him way less because people got to go. And so I think Robin's done. I think everybody's done except for a few of the writers. I also think that um, she didn't look, when she was doing the interview, it looked forcefully painful. Like, she was like, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Oh, and she's I like, yeah, feel... you know, he likes yeah. he likes to give surprises. So 
we'll see. We're we're still in negotiations. We're still working. It was it was not like super enthusiastic, is what I'll say. It was a it was a complete throwaway. You're right. I saw it. I saw it in the evening when they posted that, and I was going to post it, and then I just fell asleep and I forgot to put it on the page. But you're right. It sounded like oh, I can't believe I still have to talk about this fucking relic. And um, no. yeah, so we don't know what's going to happen, guys. Exactly. It's all speculation, but. I think, you know, the original, the original, I still think he's, uh, uh, yeah, I just think they're going to give him some low, low ball contract and that's all he's got because he's got no options. I can't believe they're giving him a dime. <laughs> I can't believe they're still employing him. Um, what about, um, have you been, does Letterman's got another uh, season of that uh, interview show going on, right? Yeah, I watched on um, the Lizzo one and uh, what other one did I watch? I forgot. But uh, I like him and he's even the oh, Kim Kardashian one I watched because I just wanted to see how he would interact with her. Mm-hmm. Um, even when he's, you know, he's kind of awkward, he seems like a genuinely interested person. Like it seems like he does want to know things about people and he does his homework. He knows mm-hmm. un- going into it. He's not just, you know, has these preconceived notions of these people and has this projected outcome already in his head like Wig does, which mm-hmm. is why I don't understand how anyone can say he's a good interviewer, like with well, a straight face. Well, no. And then so just recently I posted a Sarah Silverman episode of her podcast, which is on YouTube and I'm sure a, ho- a host of other apps. And uh, where she talks about having gone on Howard and his politics and how he's, she quotes, she, he's, he's politically queer. I'm like, well, you're half right, Sarah. And I don't know yeah. that um, people like this, why they would say, continue to say that they're fans when they know the show is shit. Um, it's, it, it's not, it's not even, I mean, empirically, most people would agree with me. It's crap. X fans are X fans for a very good reason. They're just not the same. It's a phony yeah. Hollywood thing. I'd say he wanted to go from a comedy um, show into a more, like they say, a thoughtful, thought-provoking, conversational show. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's not. Like, <laughs> but it's not. The conversations he's having is with himself. Yes, it's exactly right. He, you're right. He's interviewing himself. He's not interviewing yeah. the guest. That's a great, very incisive, my dear. That's why you're on this podcast, and I'm just, I'm just doing the cuts. Anyway, no. uh, <laughs> anyway, because I'm, I'm a total luddite. <laughs> anyway, guys, I'm like, uh, I'm that, <laughs> I'm that caveman banging on my computer to tell it to stop doing things. <laughs> well, anyway, guys, we hope you enjoy this little mini episode. We're going to toss this out in the middle of the week, and um, not, not that it's a, uh, it's meant to be a throwaway, but again, we did promise that we would do more of these. As time went by and it had been since September or so since the last time we did this. So we hope you enjoyed this one and tune in for next week. Oh, just one second. Hold on. Let me see what I got here. Yeah. I forgot the schedule and we sure. love the comments guys. So keep making them, keep leaving them. They're funny. Okay. Just to give you guys uh, a heads up of what we got coming up. Um, 29th Sunday, this coming Sunday on the 29th guys, the bro fight analysis with Bob D the return of Bob D. So we hope you guys are going to enjoy that. Uh, on the sixth, that's the following week. We are going to have 15 foundation part three. Sam and I've already recorded that. It's just a matter of putting the video together Sunday, the 13th, we're going to do the latest breakdown and we might actually have two parts worth of that to dole out. I'm not sure it won't be during the same week, but 
uh, we, if we have a lot more to do because it's been stacked up for a while, we're just going to do it. On the 20th is Bro Fight Part 2, the analysis. And then after going into Christmas, we're not sure what there is. But um, uh, again, we're in the process of recording everything. So you'll know when we know. That's right. So thanks for listening, guys. Mm-hmm. Have a good one, guys. We love you. Love you.